You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into STB Sports Take, Simply the Best Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Bingham. Thank you for being here. We are on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor Podcasts, everywhere you get your podcasts, we are there. Please hit that subscribe button. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. Happy Monday to all of you. Um, the college football playoffs are set. The Utes are the Pac-12 champs. How about that? We're going to talk all about that. Going to talk about college football playoffs. Going to talk a little Utah Jazz. Got a voice uh, memo in from a longtime listener, James Schram. He's he's messaging before. Always has great takes. Uh, I in his defense, um, he's a little late, or I'm a little late getting this one uh, out to you. So when you hear it, you might be like, "Oh wow, Sean's actually still got a good argument here." Um, but he did send it in like 10 days ago or something like that. And I just uh, had other things planned. Um, so I couldn't get to it. But anyway, we're gonna get to the jazz. We're gonna talk a little NFL. Um, but we got to start with the Utes. I went down to the game. I went down to Vegas for the Pac-12 championship. And I had said, you know, I was with Maddie on the podcast last week, um, just before the game and said that I really felt like, uh, USC would win. And my reasoning was it took, um, the Utes, Cam Rising in particular, having the best game of his season, quite possibly the best game of his career. It took home field advantage. It took a two-point, kind of a miraculous, gutsy two-point conversion to barely beat USC. Barely, right? So my thought was they couldn't possibly replicate that again on a neutral site. And I was right. They couldn't. They did way better than that. <laughs> the Utes steamrolled the Trojans. I mean, it was not even close. Like, I know the score was close clear into the fourth quarter, but the Utes dominated that game from start to finish. USC had a few big plays. They had three really big plays, two just awful broken coverage, deep passes, and then that one just crazy Caleb Williams uh, run that was like 60-something yards down the, for me, it was the left sideline, but um, I don't know where the camera was. I was I had pretty good seats. We were on like the... Like two, three yard line, um, the Utes uh, end zone, but on the sideline, on like the two or three yard line, and on row 15. So it was actually really great seats. Went down with some diehard Ute uh, friends, Ute fan friends. Um, had a great time, and I was cheering for the Utes. It's only good for the state. So for all you BYU people, yes, I went to BYU, but I also, you know this about me. I love sports, I love competition. Um, I, I just love sports. I love the game. And so to be there to cheer for a team that's from my home state, you bet I was cheering for the Utes. I don't want, I don't want freaking USC beating Utah. No way. What good does that do me? Um, so really fun game to be at. And I'm telling you, other than those three plays early, right? So I know there was, there was the fumble. So Utah is what down 17 to three, they fumble. And it's like, Oh shoot, we're about to go. We're about to go down 24 to three, right? That doesn't happen. And Utah just shifts gears from that point forward they went on a 44 to 7 run 44 to 7 utah annihilated usc like any chance usc had of making the playoffs was gone by the final score alone like the domination was so thorough there was no chance they were getting in the playoffs there was no chance they were getting in even if they you know barely lost in overtime or something like that but there was certainly no chance with the way that it went down um Again, three big plays by USC in the first half. Outside of that, Utah dominated the ball, on dominated the game on both sides of the ball the entire game. Um, a few key things that happened. Um, Caleb Williams did get hurt. He, I don't know the extent of it. He was limping around. He was clearly not as mobile, not himself. 
And then one of USC's offensive linemen got carted off the field. Um, and after that, there was a lot more pressure on the quarterback from the Utes towards Caleb Williams. Um, a lot more pressure. He was not Houdini escaping from everything. He did not have six seconds back there to sit and watch and wait for the coverage to get broken and then throw a deep ball. Uh, so I do think those were key moments in the game, having Caleb Williams get banged up and whatever that, I don't know who the offensive lineman was. Um, and I admittedly don't follow USC football enough to know how good he was. But I know that Caleb Williams went from having all sorts of time in the pocket to having very little time in the pocket. Um, and so that those two injuries clearly played a role there. Um, and that's not taking anything away from the Utes. The Utes did that. The Utes caused that. The Utes were, were aggressive. Um, they wanted it more. They were they were much more aggressive, much more physical on both sides of the ball. How many of those touchdowns at the end of the game were did the did Utah break like three, four, five tackles, just bulldozing through people? Like they just wanted it more. Period. Um, and they deserved it more. They did. They have they have UC's number two and zero against them this year. Um, very deserving Pac-12 championship for the University of Utah. And being from Utah. Growing up in Salt Lake City, where the University of Utah is, I'm proud. I'm a BYU fan, but I'm proud of the Utes. I think it's awesome. So hopefully we can see BYU do something similar to that in years to come in the Big 12 because um, it's really freaking fun. Uh, you know, yeah, it, it's really, really fun. To have a championship that you're rooting for and cheering for is a big deal. So congrats to the Utes. Okay. Oh, one more thing I got to note. I'm sure everybody saw this, but Kaylee Williams had F Utah on his nails, you know, uh, on each hand. Nice four-letter words there, F Utah. But um, a lot of memes going around about that. So he gets to eat his own words. I hope he had some nail polish remover quickly after the game to get rid of that. But I think they went in there thinking they were going to win, and they just got bulldozed, literally bulldozed. I mean, Utah players were running them over. It was... It was a sight to see. For If you're a Utah fan, that was quite the game. And a lot of my friends, they were like up in arms. They're all nervous because, again, they're emotionally attached. I'm emotionally detached, right? So I'm watching the game, and I turn to my friends. I said, hey, look, I really mean this. But aside from three big plays, Utah is playing better. Like Utah's drives are like 8 yards, 10 yards, 12 yards, 13 yards, 4 yards. Like just march, 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 march. USC's was like stopped, stuffed, incomplete pass, 65-yard pass. Like, their drives were not sustainable. They were not going to keep that up the whole game. I know they're a big play team, but they were not going to be able to keep that up the entire game. Utah looked much better to me from start to finish, um, and they, they they deserved the win. And it was it finally caught up to USC, and in the end, the domination that had been happening, really the whole game, finally caught up to them, and Utah bulldozed through and got three late touchdowns to just make it just blow it wide open. So, anyway, congrats to the Utes. Um, okay, moving on to the college football playoffs. So interesting thing here. Obviously, we get Georgia and Michigan get in. No, no brainer there. Both of them undefeated. Both of them conference champs from Power Five conferences. Zero qualms from anybody about either of those. They deserve it. And then you have TCU and Ohio State. So we got to talk about this. And this is not to diminish the championship that I just praised heap upon the Utes for, because um, I know some of them might, t- might take it like this, but. The conference championship games are kind of being proven superfluous, if you will. Like, they're not really that meaningful outside of just winning that conference championship game. Um, Most people don't believe that Kansas State is the best team in the Big 12. And evidence of that is that they just put TCU in the college football playoffs, even though TCU just lost the conference championship game for the Big 12. 
they lost to number 10 Kansas State. Kansas State didn't go to the college football playoffs, and Kansas State doesn't deserve to go to the college football playoffs. TCU does. TCU lost one game on the, uh, well, neutral site, one game in overtime by three points. The entire season, that's all they lost. One game by three points in overtime on a neutral site to the number 10 team in the country. So very deserving TCU goes, but that what does that say about the conference championship game? Well, it says it's not actually that important when it comes to winning a national championship. If USC, well, let's go one, for, one step further. Ohio State didn't play in their conference championship game, and they were rewarded by going to the college football playoffs. The last game they played, they got beat badly by Michigan, their rival, at home. Got beat badly. And by sitting out the conference championship game, they get put into the playoffs. If USC had refused to play in the Pac-12 championship game, and this is the danger that, that, is, that is upon college football. Now they're expanding to, 20, to 12 teams in the playoffs. But the danger is if USC had said, excuse me, we're not playing. We, we, we're, we're in the college football playoffs. We're going to focus on that. We're going to rest our guys. We're going to get healthy. We're going to focus on school. Um, you know, whatever they want to say, they would be in the playoffs right now. That's a fact. USC was number four, 11 and one. Everybody viewed them as the best team in the Pac-12. Their only loss was to Utah, and it was on the road against a very good ranked team by, by a two-point conversion at the very end. <clears throat> it took a it took a gutsy call and a flawless performance by Utah to win that first game and most people myself included didn't think that Utah could replicate that and if USC hadn't given them the chance to show that they could and do even better USC would be in the playoffs right now think about that if USC refused to play they'd be in the playoffs right now if TCU had refused to play they'd be in the playoffs they were one that still got in because they kept it close and they were undefeated they didn't have any other losses um, <clears throat> but what does that say about the conference championship games? It just says that they're not that critical to the committee. They're not that critical to the playoffs. They're not that critical to winning a national championship. And, and most people don't really view it like that anyway. Like don't view it as the necessarily the best team. TCU and Kansas state is the perfect example. I don't think anybody really thinks that Kansas state is the best team in, in the, in the big 12. I don't think that most people think that if TCU and Kansas State played three or four more times, that TCU wouldn't win, you know, three or four of those. <laughs> um, but it is what it is, right? So, just something to think about. Uh, I do think there's <clears throat> there's a danger there. Does Alabama belong in? Does Tennessee belong in? Does Clemson belong in? Clemson lost two games. Uh, they're a perennial powerhouse. They're the ACC champ. They won their conference championship game by 29 points. Uh, does Clemson belong in? There's a lot of teams out there that have have an argument. Um, I'm glad the, the playoffs is expanding to 12 teams. It's much needed. It would be interesting to see what Utah could do in the playoffs if they could get you know through a game or two. Um, it would be interesting to see what Tennessee and Alabama could do in the playoffs, Clemson. There's a lot of teams that have an argument, and that's why you just absolutely have to expand it to four or from 4 to 12 because Ohio State got rewarded for not playing in their conference championship game, and TCU got rewarded for losing in their conference championship game. So two of the four, that's 50%. 50% of the playoffs are not even conference champions, but they have a chance to play for a national championship. So they will be national. There is a chance we will have a national champion 
who was not even a conference champion. And to me, that is a broken system that needs to get fixed. So I think 12 teams fixes that quite a bit. Um, I also think teams should look at, I, I don't know, the conference championship game is so fun and it and it brings in so much money that it's hard to get rid of it. But in basketball, they do a conference champion for the regular season who is really viewed as the, as the true conference champion. But then they do a conference championship tournament where you get an automatic bid if you get in. If you win that, you get into the to March Madness. But frequently, the best team doesn't win those tournaments, and it doesn't really matter. They're still considered the conference champ because of what they did in the regular season, and they still get a high seed going into the March Madness. NFL does the same thing. There's no there's no like division championship game. You just win the most games in your division, win the most games you know uh, for the season among those teams you compete with, and you're the division champ. So they might want to consider doing something like that in college football, where it's like, hey. The division champ for the regular season is this person. We're going to have a conference championship game as well. Unless there's a tie, that I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. Maybe that's not the best idea, but it's very clear that it doesn't actually matter in the national scheme of things. It matters for that conference. You know, it's really fun to go root for your conference uh, championship, but in the long run of this of the entirety of the season, it's being ignored. Half of the teams in the playoffs didn't win their conference championship game. One of them lost. One of them didn't even play. Both of them got in. So broken system, I'd love to see fixed. Okay, let's move on. So James Schramm, uh, we're moving on to the Utah Jazz. James Schramm, longtime listener. The voice mess, uh, memo here is titled, when is it time <laughs> When is it time to eat your words on Danny Ainge? So recap here, I had, I had said that, uh, you know, I didn't love all the trades that were going on. I think Danny Ainge is actually trying to tank, if we're being honest, and the Jazz are overachieving. Um, but all of these trades going on, you know, to just get a bunch of draft picks. Draft picks are total crapshoots. Um, so he's basically saying, I need to eat my words. Why? Because the Jazz are doing well. Let's just listen to the take here. Being I'm at Shram, just wondering how many wins for the Utah Jazz it's going to take for you to take back your words, eat them up on your hatred for Danny Ainge and what he's been doing for the Utah Jazz. Tons of draft picks and a, one of the best teams in the league right now. Um, arguably, you know, one of the best. So um, I know it's early in the season, but how many wins is it going to take for you to realize that the Utah Jazz and Danny Ainge know what they're doing? Okay, so yeah, hard to argue with that, right? Again, 10 days ago is especially hard to argue with that. Right now, it's a little bit easier to argue with that. The Jazz have floated back down to earth, as I said in, in a previous podcast just recently. Um, the standings currently, excuse me, the Jazz are have settled back into where I think they should be, which is ninth at 14 and 12. They're four and six in their last 10. Um, their point differential is a plus 2.2. The Jazz are right where they probably will stay for most of the season. I've said I think maybe they'll finish in the, you know, around seventh. Um, and looking at this, the Suns, Pelicans, Nuggets, Grizzlies, Kings, Warriors, Clippers, Blazers, Jazz Mavericks, those are the top 10. Uh, even the Lakers are starting to surge. Anthony Davis is starting to play out of his mind. They're 10 and 12, only a few games back. Um, be interesting to see if, what they'll do over the you know, next 20, 30 games. Uh, Russell Westbrook coming off the bench, being a little bit more humble. Maybe they can make a run and get into the playoffs. Uh, with that roster, if they don't, it's pathetic. I'm seeing all this stuff. Just side note real quick, then we'll get back to James's uh, comment there. But I'm seeing all this stuff on social media about, you know, oh, LeBron has more points than Michael Jordan and more assists than Magic Johnson. Like, clearly he's the best ever. 
And it's like, well, nobody's arguing that he's one of the best ever. Like no one in their right mind would argue that. Those are longevity stats though. Like you look at the other names on those lists and it's like, does anybody really think that Moses Malone is a better scorer than Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan? Like, or, or, or is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar a better scorer than Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant? Nobody actually thinks that. He just scored more points because he played so many more seasons. But like if anybody was starting a team today and said, like, hey, we need a top dog scorer, they're looking at guys like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wouldn't be that guy. He's not the guy you're going to like form a team around as your as your number one scorer, right? I mean, not not now that we've had all this history since then, right? I mean, he's still one of the top guys. Obviously, he's the number one scorer of all time. But it doesn't mean he's the greatest scorer of all time. It just means he scored the most points. He played the most seasons. You get the idea. LeBron has crushed everyone from a longevity standpoint. Crushed. The guy's like in season 19, is it now, right? I think. Still putting up huge numbers. Still staying relatively healthy. Uh, we are seeing the injuries start to creep in a little bit where he misses 10, 15, 20 games a year. Um, but from a longevity standpoint, come on. He's the GOAT from a longevity standpoint. From a longevity standpoint. Um, nobody's done for 19, 20 seasons what he's done. Dirk Nowitzki played that long, did not perform even close to LeBron's level in those later years. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played that long, did not perform at LeBron's level in those later years. Kevin Garnett, same thing. Kobe Bryant, same thing. A lot of guys have stayed that long, but they have not performed at that high of a level for that long. So I give that to LeBron. But anyway, getting back to the Jazz and the Danny Ainge take, I, I, I will admit the Jazz are doing better than I thought they would, um, but I actually think Danny Ainge's plan was to tank. I think he wanted to tank. I, th I don't think he wanted the Jazz to be doing this well. I think he probably still doesn't want the Jazz to do this well. <laughs> um, are the Jazz playing well? Yes, they are. Uh, are they a top five team in the in the league? Absolutely not. Are they a top, top 10 team in the league? Absolutely not. Uh, will they get out of the first round of the playoffs? Absolutely not. Um, will they even make the playoffs? Maybe. I'm going to say slightly better than 50% chance that they make the playoffs. Because of the way the play-in game is situated, you have to finish in the top six to be guaranteed. Um, I think the Jazz finish in the top 10, most likely. I think there's a chance they don't even do that, but I think they most likely will. Um, and I still stand by the fact that draft picks are crapshoots. They're total crapshoots. Like, A, there's the lottery, so you don't know where your pick is actually going to end up, okay? Um, now, if you do, there's certain years like this year where there's a couple of really top dog, um, you know, t picks that are that are on the table, and so if you have one of the top two, three picks, you're pretty stoked. Top two picks, really, you're pretty stoked. Um, but outside of that, like, it's a crapshoot. I mean, how many guys that go in the in the lottery actually become all-stars, let alone superstars or franchise players? Most don't. Most are out of the league within a handful of years. And then you get guys like Donovan Mitchell or Jimmy Butler who are drafted way later. Donovan Mitchell was like middle of the first round. Jimmy Butler was the first round of the second First, first pick of the second round or something like that. So there's just a lot of stuff that can still happen with these trades. Um, we don't know what draft picks we're going to get. If we get really good ones, then I guess you can say Danny Ainge won the, won the trades. But, even, but it's still a crapshoot. And that's been my argument the whole time is I would have much rather seen Danny Ainge get tangible players back. And I get it. We've got a good squad. Um, and when James sent in this voice memo, the Jazz, you know, were 
I don't I don't remember exactly when it was, but the Jazz were like the number three team in the league. Now they're number nine in the West. It's only been a week and a half. And I think you're going to see that kind of continue. I think the Jazz will probably be like around, float around 500 the whole season. Um, because that's just the roster we have. So did we get players back? Yeah, we did. Did we get a team that's going to go f- contend for a championship? Not even close. And so it comes down to those draft picks that we got. And unless he trades those away and bamboozles somebody else to be stoked on draft picks and gets an exchange for them, uh, tangible players, like go get a guy like a Clay Thompson, you know, a guy who, who is not what he used to be, but he's really good. He's got championship pedigree. He can shoot the lights out. Um, his stock's probably a little bit lower right now, right? Go get a guy like that, you know? Go get a tangible asset. Go get a disgruntled guy who doesn't want to be on his team anymore. Because now we're watching Donovan Mitchell just dominate in Cleveland. And Cleveland's Cleveland's doing really well. Cleveland's number three in the East, 15 and nine. They're number three in the East. Uh, they have the third, no, fifth best record in the entire league. And Donovan's their best player. And we're watching him dominate. So I would have liked to keep one of those two guys, Gobert or Donovan, um, and I said all along, I think we keep Donovan. And you get, you, you trade Gobert and get a tangible asset for him. That's what I would like to see. But So I stand by that. But the Jazz are doing better than I thought. So, okay. Um, one last thing. Baker Mayfield was released today by the Carolina Panthers. Released. The number one draft pick. Released. There's another example of draft picks. I know it's a different sport, but there's draft picks just not turning out. The number one overall pick. Heisman Trophy winner. Cut from his team. Not benched. Released. Gone off the roster, on the free agency market. Um, that's a really big deal. That's a really big deal. So uh, I hope he can figure it out. And um, I kind of like Baker Mayfield actually. Like, not really. It's kind of like a Russell Westbrook thing where he can't get out of his own way. So you kind of root for him to just get out of his own way and like just be better. But anyway, that's all the time I have for today, you guys. Please hit the subscribe button. Big stuff coming up uh, over the next few weeks over the holidays with college football playoffs, NFL coming down the home stretch. NBA getting into full swing. It's exciting time, so stick with us. We'll be here every Monday. I am out. Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out stbsportstake.com. Simply the best in sports. Because we are